I want to start out this morning in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, and I want us to look at verse 11 and verse 12. The book of Revelation is a picture here of what the master is going to look like when he comes back. A beautiful picture. This word of God states, Now I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse, and he who sat on him was faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. I want you to pay particular attention to this fact, that his name was called Faithful and True. And so I want to talk about that this morning. I want to talk about the faithfulness of God and how it relates to our lives. And I want to take a look in depth for a few moments at Sarah. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 11 in the Amplified Version. The Bible says, Because of faith, Sarah also received physical power to conceive a child. Even when she was long past the age for it. Because she considered God, who had given her the promise to be reliable, to be trustworthy, and to be true to his word. In other words, the Bible says in in the King James Version, she judged him faithful that had promised. She was past being past the ability to produce a child. But the scripture says that Sarah also herself received strength to conceive a child. Now we know that Abraham was a powerful man of faith. But Sarah did not rely on Abraham's faith to receive and to conceive this child. She recognized the faithfulness of God. And she tapped into the faithfulness of God and she received for herself. And this encourages me and encourages you today that yes, it's good to have a husband. Yes, it's good to have a wife that can believe God. Yes, it's good to have a pastor that can believe God. But you yourself have been given a measure of mountain moving faith. You yourself can tap in to the grace of God, and to the faithfulness of God. Say it with me, I have the measure of mountain-moving faith. And so Sarah herself had faith. And the key was, she judged him faithful that had promised. Get this picture in your mind. Them showing up to the clinic. Abraham and Sarah... Before that she's showing. And they're going, wow, what are you doing here? (laughs) Go home, old lady. 
She was past being past even when she was younger. She could not conceive. How many of you know this morning that the devil is a liar? And he has told some of you that you're past your prime. That it's too late. You've messed up. You've missed so many opportunities. You might as well just coast now until the rapture of the church. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. The Bible says that we shall be fat and flourishing. We shall bring forth fruit in old age. We shall flourish in the courts of our God. I feel like the Lord is saying to you this morning that with Him, nothing is impossible. Sarah, Sarah received, and she did it by faith. You know, a lot of people have this idea to answer prayer. Well, you just never know whether God's going to answer your prayer. You know, sometimes He says yes, sometimes He says no, and sometimes He says wait a while. Or you just never know about healing. You know, it's God's will to heal so-and-so, but it may not be God's will to heal you. Well, that is incredibly ignorant. Because you know what God will do. He has given you the book. He's given you the Bible. He's given you the answers. He's given you the way to get your prayers answered. He's made it clear that it is the will of God for every child of God to walk in divine health and to prosper as their soul prospers. Amen. He's not a man that he should lie. I mean, how would you feel if they said that about you? Well, you just never know what they're going to do. They may have said it, but you just never know what they're going to do. That's an insult. If you're a man or if you're a woman of integrity, you know exactly what you will do. Amen? Thank God we serve a God who is faithful. And so we must judge him faithful. We must judge him reliable. Now, Sarah didn't start out like that. You see, in the book of Genesis, and we're going to track this out just for a few moments. I want you to turn in Genesis chapter 18. And of course, this is the account of the angels when they came down and dropped by Abraham's house before they were on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham told Sarah to make them food and give them something to eat. And in verse 9, they said to Abraham, where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, behold, she's in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. <clears throat> and lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Now I want you to notice what Sarah did. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. And she said, after I am waxed old. Shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? This is not the laugh of faith here. This is the laugh of doubt. This is the laughing of unbelief. Kind of, ha, no way. Verse 13. And the Lord said to Abraham, 
Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Shall I have a surety bear a child which am old? You see, Sarah, at this time in her life, wasn't judging God faithful, was she? She was judging him funny. Oh, my husband's 99 years old. Ha, 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 ha. In verse 14, notice this. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. I've got a question for you today. Is anything too hard, too difficult for the Lord to do something awesome in your life? Is it too hard for the Lord to reactivate your pancreas? No. Is it too hard for the Lord for him to reach down and find your son and daughter which are away from the Lord and cause them to be prodigals and run to Christ? Amen. Listen, is there anything too hard for the Lord no. to see your debts being eliminated and being annihilated by the anointing of God? Tell me, folks, is there anything too hard? Nothing. The Bible says that all things are possible to him that believeth. Is it too difficult for you to get that house? <laughs> Amen. Is it too difficult for someone to hand you over? The keys to a Mercedes-Benz? Amen. Just happened recently to one of our people in the church. A Mercedes or or a BMW. Working for this person for years and years. Cleaning the house. And he hands over the keys to a Mercedes to her. She says, what's this for? It's a gift for you. Hey, is there anything too hard for the Lord? This has happened repeatedly in our church. I'm thinking of Imogene Reed. Imogene, are you here this morning? Imogene's not here. She lives over there in Alameda. Had been cleaning this guy's house for years and years and years. And when he died, he gave her the house debt free. I'm thinking about Rose Marquez. Worked and served and cleaned in this house for years and years. And when the guy passed away, he gave you that house. Is that right, Rose? Stand up and say that's true. Amen. What, Rose? And everything in his bank account. Now, if you're upset at that testimony, you need to get that right. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. Your attitude ought to be, hey, I'm going to do a few runs on that one. Thank you, Lord. I rejoice with them. And then when you're done with your lap, say, me too, me too. The faithfulness of God. The goodness of God. Oh, God, enlarge our capacity to receive. God, I pray that you would enlarge my heart. That you would enlarge my vision. Help me to see what I see not. Help me to know what I know not. 
As a church, Lord, may we be enlarged to reach more, to do more, to be more in God. Pray for an enlargement of your heart. There are some things that I desire to do. Yea, even knocking on the door of your life. I want you to let it in. Receive it. Let my will in. Let my plan in. Let that house in. Let that car in. Let that dead freedom come in. See it on the inside, saith the Lord. And praise me. And you shall surely see it on the outside. Glory to God. That's why I like to get around men and women of faith that have greater faith than me. And there's a bunch of them. I like to rub shoulders with people that have great faith and great vision. It's not because they're great. They've got an understanding that they serve a great God. Don't ever ever misplace your faith. Keep your eyes on Him. Don't talk about how good you are because everyone knows you're not all that good. Whoops. But talk about the goodness of God. Talk about the grace of God. Talk about the... Woo! Glory! (laughs) I just had to do it. Talk about the blessing. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. You're blessed coming in and blessed going out. You're the head and not the tail. You're, woo-hoo. You're above and not beneath. Now let's get back to our lesson. Verse 15, Sarah said, I didn't laugh, for she was afraid. He said, yeah, you laughed. You, you know you laughed. And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. Now, let's keep tracking this. Genesis 20, verse 1 and 2. You know, sometimes it's a process to get in faith, and that's okay. Notice in Genesis 20, And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country, and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she's my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. They're eyeing her. They're after her. How many grandmas do you know? They're getting pulled on to get into a harem. Now, I'm submitting something to you this morning. Something is going on in her body. And I found a verse of scripture that what applies to me and applies to you. The Bible says that one of the benefits and blessings of being born again is that he will absolutely renew your youth. Just like the eagles. Hallelujah. I'm 64 years old in November. And I'm telling you what, I know some 64 years old olds that look about 90. I believe that when you're 70, if you'll drink from the fountain of life and think right and talk right and live right, he can cause you to look like you're 50. Hey, you just wait till I start dyeing my hair and shaving my mustache. Juan Valdez is going to be in the pulpit and you're going to wonder, who that? 
Who that? <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. He restores your health. He rejuvenates you in the spirit. He rejuvenates you in your soul. Now stop talking old. Stop thinking old. Now I do take advantage of the senior discounts. (laughs) Drink from the fountain of life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The life of God is on the inside of you. It not only will renew and restore your body, but it will make you quick and bright and sharp. The Spirit of the Lord on the inside of you will make you of a quick understanding. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of us to bring all things to our remembrance. I believe that you and I have sound minds and we have the mind of Christ and we might just as well walk in the life of God, walk in the light of God and enjoy the refreshings of God every day of our life. Say it with me. He's renewing my mind. He's renewing my youth. Just like the eagles. So somewhere along the line, somewhere, Sarah made the adjustment. She must have stopped ju- judging God funny and began to judge him faithful. Amen? Say it with me. God is faithful. Now keep tracking it with me. Genesis 21 verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah had bare to him, Isaac. What's Isaac's name? The word Isaac means laughter. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son laughter was born unto him. And Sarah said, hey, God made me to laugh. So that all that hear will laugh with me. This now is not the laughter of mockery. This is the laughter that comes from the joy of the Lord. For just flat seeing how good God is. Ooh, glory. How many of you just, you've just been so enveloped by the, the goodness of God that it caused some of you sometimes to cry? Those weren't tears of grief, were they? Those were just tears of joy. Well, this is the kind of laughter she was experiencing. She went from the laughter of sorrow. Woo! Glory to God for the laughter of joy. Verse 7. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Verse 8. Read it with me. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was wound. Ween. Glory to God. You see, the thing that enabled her to turn on the inside is she started judging God faithful. Now, here's what the word faithful means. The word faithful means to be firm, to be stable, to be certain, to be dependable, to be counted on. Have you judged God faithful in your life? There are too many people that are judging him unfaithful. 
Now, for the balance of our time today, I want to just keep driving home the point of the faithfulness of God. Now, let faith come as the words go forth. And then let God take you further into the depths of how good and how faithful that He really is. Turn with me to Proverbs 25, verse 19. Proverbs 25, verse 19. Notice this with me. He says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a bad tooth. How many of you ever tried to put the weight of a steak on a bad tooth? Ouchie, wah-wah. It hurts. Your tooth isn't able to handle it. Your tooth isn't able to take it. And so he says, confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. Now, you know, I played a lot of basketball in my life, and I played basketball way too far into my 50s, which was stupid. But I still like the game, and when you have competitive juices on the inside, it's hard to let those die. Finally, they're dead. But in my 50s, I sprained my ankle a good two times. One time, I really sprained it badly. And so I got up from off the basketball court, and there's nobody there to help you. You know, the guys just look at the bench, and they say, next, in pickup games. And so I'm like this, heading to the locker room. And I'm trying to take a shower, and I'm going, ooh, you know. And I had to get myself over to Kaiser so I could get on crutches. You see, I could not put the weight of my body on that ankle. It wouldn't take it. Amen? But aren't you glad that we serve a faithful God who we can put all of our weight on? Hallelujah! We don't have to be afraid. He will not give in. He will not fall apart. And I want to encourage you this morning, because some of you are sitting here this morning, and you're saying, you know, this sounds great, this sounds good, but you don't know what I'm facing. I'm facing a heavy test. I'm facing a heavy trial. If I don't get this money by such and such a date, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just got a bad report from the doctors last week. Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, it's true You may not know what you're going to do, but here's one thing you can do. You can put the weight of the cares of this life. You can take the anxieties and those things that are causing you to toss and turn at night. You can take them and you can put them over into the hands of God. You know, the Bible says this. He says, cast your burden upon the Lord. Amen? You know why he told you that? He told you that because we were not designed by our Creator to carry the burdens of this world on our shoulder. Amen? We were not designated by God to be the carrier of everyone else's cares and worries and anxieties. That's why he said, son, daughter, cast your burden over on me because I can handle them. And as you do that, I will sustain you. I think one of the greatest things that Christians can do and have in their daily life is the peace of God and being able to rest even in the midst of turbulent times. How many of you are facing some turbulence right now? Okay. 
You know, we just flew over from Europe, and on the way over to Europe, we hit some turbulence. And turbulence will wake you up. Turbulence will cause you to speak in tongues, baby. Turbulence will cause you to plead the blood. You know, and I'm always glad when it smooths out. Aren't you glad when life kind of smooths out and you make it through that test? But what I'm getting at today is this. You can rest right in the midst of turbulence. Amen? See, the Bible says that they which have believed have entered into rest. Let's do that right now. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I give all my burdens. I cast all my cares. I give that loved one to you. I put that bad report in your hands. I put those pile of bills in your hands. I roll them on you. And I believe. I receive your sustaining power. Your grace is sufficient for me. I place the weight of my life on you. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, I will uphold you. For I am watching over you with my love, and I will cause you to be upheld even in the midst of trouble. For I am with you in trouble, and I will cause you to overcome. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's just keep driving this home, shall we today? Just keep driving it home with Scripture. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. Now we're going to get into some things in future weeks about us being faithful to a faithful God. So enjoy this one. Just kidding. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9 says this, Therefore, know, he wants us to know this, that the Lord your God, He is God. What kind of God? The faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him, and keep his commandments. Do you love him today? Yes. Now quickly over to Psalms 119, verse 138. Psalms 119 and verse 138. Notice this with me. Your testimonies, which you have commanded, they are righteous and what? Now, to the casual hearer and to the casual listener... That's, that's a nice verse. That, that's good. That's great. Didn't do much for me. Didn't change my life. But I want you to notice the word very there. Everyone say very faithful. Very. Now here's what the word very means. When the Bible says that God is very faithful, the word very means vehemently, intensely, exceedingly faithful. My God and your God is intensely exceedingly and vehemently faithful toward you. Hallelujah. That means he's got your back. That means he's got you. Now, let's look at another one. Are you ready for a few more? Let's look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Let this word just dwell in you today. Notice, God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, who? Now let's go forward a chapter to chapter 10, 
And notice with me in verse 13. This is very, very important to see. It says, no temptation has taken you except such as what? Common to man, but God. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation also make the way of escape that you may be able to do what? Now, we look at this word bear, and it kind of has the feel of, oh, so that you can just kind of hang in there. You ever seen that poster of that cat, hang in there, it's almost Friday? Just hanging in by just a couple nails on its paw? Well, that's not what the word bear there means. God says, what you're facing is common to man. I'm faithful, and through my faithfulness, I will give you the ability, and here's what bear means, to bear up, to hold up, and to come out. <laughs> Everyone say, to bear up, to hold up, and to come out. So here's the bottom line. Listen to this. He won't let it come to your door if you couldn't whip it. He said, he said look it. <clears throat> There's nothing that's going to come against you that I haven't already defeated for you. And you can whip it. Amen. Say it with me. If it's there, I can whip it. Now look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. I wonder, did you wear your shouting clothes? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. How many of you know that it's the will of God that before Jesus comes and when he comes, that you're going to be intact in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Right. When he comes, I do not plan on being in a mental institution. <laughs> when he comes, I don't plan on being in a breathing machine. Yeah. Amen. When he comes, I certainly don't plan on being divorced. (coughs) Come on now. When he comes, it is the plan of God, it is the will of God for us to be intact. To be kept whole. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, not only that, but relationally. Financially. Now, let's read this together. Ready, read. Go ahead, you read. Look at your neighbor and say, that's the will of God. (laughs) Now, here's the shouting part. Look at verse 24. Read that. So, what did he call you to? He called you to be whole. Spirit, soul, and body when he returns. That's what the context is saying, right? And then he goes on to say, I've called you to that, and I will see to it that it happens in your life. Hallelujah. The faithfulness of God. Now look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. And notice with me a few verses there. 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, this is a faithful saying, 
For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, he cannot deny himself. You know what? He stays faithful to us even when we don't believe. The Romans says it like this. The Rome says it like this. He said, what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar. Hallelujah. Let God be true and every man a liar. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you are believing God for something? Just to ask for a show of hands, how many of you believe in God for healing in your body? All right, several of you. How many of you are believing God for an increase in your finances? Same ones. Okay. <laughs> Amen. That's all right. When he comes, will he find faith? Amen? I'm believing God. We're all believing God. Now, we have promises concerning believing God. One is in Mark 11:24. Who can quote Mark 11:24 for me? The same ones that raise their hand aren't raising their hands now. Maybe there's something to that. Well, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, he said, therefore, I say unto you. So he's speaking to us. Therefore, I say unto you and you and you and you and you and you and you, everyone that raised their hand. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when what? Now, when do you believe you receive? And then when is when you pray? When you pray is right now. You receive them when you pray and what? You shall have them. Now, oftentimes we live in this zone between the amen and the here it is. Anybody ever been there? How many of you are there right now? Same hands. I'm going home. I must not be doing my job around here. No, no, no. Between the amen and the here it is, you still have a responsibility. One responsibility that we have between the amen and the here it is, to maintain a posture of praise. Yeah. Listen, you don't necessarily need to pray again. What you need to do is praise again. It's not that you need to pray more. It could be that you need to praise more. Why? Because praise thanks God for it already being done. I'm going to say that again. I felt something up in here. I said, praise, thanks God for it already being done. Amen. 
Can we get some praise here? Come on, somebody praise Him. Somebody praise Him. Somebody glorify Him. Whoa, hallelujah! Well, Pastor, I can't praise for something I can't see. That's your problem. Faith shouts while the walls are still up. Praise shouts, amen, before you receive the answer to prayer or the manifestation. So here's what you can do. You can be a praiser. Everyone can praise him. Somebody says, I don't have a very good voice. We're not asking you to record. We're not asking you to even sing a special. Yeah, but it doesn't sound too good. I'll guarantee you, by the time it leaves your lips and goes and soars into the heavenlies, it is a sweet-smelling Savior in the eyes, in the heart, and in the nose of the Lord. Amen? He receives the praises of His people. He never turns down a heart that is right in his sight. Keep your heart fixed on him. Between the amen and the here it is, keep your mind and your heart set upon him. If ye be risen with Christ, you who are seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above not on things of the earth. Think the thoughts of God. Dream about it. Think about it. See yourself with the manifestation. See yourself with that house. See yourself with that baby by your side lifting up holy praises to God. See yourself with that car. See yourself out of debt. See, the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. It's your responsibility to keep your vision upon Him. And I will keep you in perfect peace as you keep your heart and your mind stayed upon me. For the enemy would come to torment and to bring fear and to tell you it'll never be It'll never happen. At that time, sons and daughters, draw near to me. Keep your mind upon me. And you shall walk in glorious liberty and in glorious freedom. So there's some things we can do, right? Don't just sit around and wait. Just don't sit around and do nothing. Keep your faith active. Praise him. Keep your mind on him. Amen. And then go out and help somebody else. Don't wait for complete and total victory to manifest before you get out and be a blessing to others. Now I said all that to say this. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and notice with me in verse 23. Say it with me three times. My God God is faithful. faithful. Say it again. My God God is faithful. One more time. My God He's faithful. He's faithful. He is faithful. 
He is faithful. He is faithful to me. He is faithful to me. Say that. He is faithful to me. There have been many testimonies of the goodness and of the faithfulness of God in this church. But there is about to be a myriad and an increase of testimonies about the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. For He is doing some awesome things even now in our lives. Me too. Now here's what you do. Here's another thing that you do. Look at it as a rope. On the one end is the rope of demonic spirits trying to pull you out. On the other end is the rope of faith. The rope of courage. The rope of strength. The holding fast to God's word. The fighting the good fight of faith. Keeping the armor on. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The shield of faith in place. Wherewith you quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. The helmet of the saved. And the sword of the spirit. Sharp. Piercing. Into the enemy's camp. So here's what you do guys. Let us. All of us. All of us who raised our hands. All of you that didn't. Let us hold fast. Now, now hold fast. The what? The confession of our hope or of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Woo! Notice that without wavering. Brenda and I sat in a living room. With Brother Moore, Billy Brim, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland years ago. Where we were on this journey of obtaining approval for this facility. We were in Branson, Missouri. And we testified what God had done. Because we had a miracle in process. And Billy was testifying of the goodness of God. And Brother Moore was experiencing the goodness of God. So we were just all there praising God and giving God glory. And Brother Copeland, I don't know if you've ever looked into his eyes, but he's got the bluest of the bluest of eyes, and they pierce. And so I said something to him on the way out that we were thanking God and praising God. He turned around and looked at me and pointed his finger, and he said, don't ever change. In other words, don't ever waver. Hold fast. The profession of your faith. I'm saying to you by the Holy Spirit today, don't you ever change. Hold fast to the form of sound words. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. Somebody says, does it do any good? The Bible says, He is faithful. Come on now. Are you getting this? I said, He is faithful. He said, He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful that promised. 
He not only gives the promise, but he's the promise keeper. And he watches over the promises to perform it on your behalf. Yeah, but pastor, I've missed it. I've messed up. I won't ask for a show of hands. It's just been... Don't let the devil talk you out of living for God. Just because you failed. When you fail doesn't mean you're a failure. If you failed, get up and move on. And refuse to look in the rearview window. Refuse to look in the past. Refuse to live in the past. Yeah, but... Will God restore my fellowship? Absolutely. All you got to do is turn. You know, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's what? He's what? <laughs> Come on now, what is He? Hallelujah! He's faithful and He's just to forgive us our sins. <laughs> And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. It's under the blood if you've asked for it to be. And your future is bright. Because the Bible says, His mercies are new every morning. (laughs) Oh, therefore I have such hope. Therefore I have such confidence. He says, great is thy faithfulness. Come on, let's stand up and rejoice in the faithfulness of God. Woo, glory. Well, I've done it again. I preached myself happy. I wasn't just preaching to you today. I was preaching to myself. Everyone say, great is your faithfulness. You are a faithful God. I put my trust in you. Let God be God. (laughs) And every man a liar. I like to shout. I like to dance. I like to shout it from the housetops. God is good. God is faithful. He is almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. I hope today that you've been encouraged. And that this message is not just a pep rally to you. But you'll take these scriptures that we have shared and gone over. And you'll get the CD and you'll read them. And you'll let it dwell in you richly. And when God does something good for you, you won't take the credit. You'll just say, that's a good God that did that. Oh my. My God is faithful. My God is good. If you will do that, you will be qualified for greater goodness to take place in your life. I believe he should be sanctified in our midst. Anything he does in us and through us and for us and through this church, we ought to give him all the glory. So let's lift our hands and give him glory. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you. Hallelujah.